This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about my favorite thing, <laughs> paper towels. Mmm, delicious. I don't know, like, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this episode because I'm not sure if it's okay to love paper towels as much as I do. I know. But I do. So, Matthew and I take turns doing the research for episodes, and I did the research on this one, and... I went deep down this, like, moral quandary of, you know, that I think we should all confront when we're talking about disposable paper products, right? Yeah. I think we have to kind of think about it in the way we would think about, like, a quarter pounder with cheese. Like, is it good in kind of a cosmic, like, you know, like, planetary sense? No. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I think that our listeners are sophisticated enough to understand that extremely sophisticated metaphor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Our our listeners navigate complex moral quandaries every day. I think this is true. I think all human beings alive in 2020 Uh navigate complicated moral quandaries every day. Shout out to complicated moral quandaries. Yeah, like, do I spend my time listening to a podcast where two dum-dums talk about dumb stuff or do something worthwhile with my time? That's a moral quandary. Yeah, it is. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, this episode, I think, was suggested by hosts Molly and Matthew. Yeah, I think so. Probably me. Because of my love for, for, paper, for towels. paper towels. All right. Well, hey, wait, let's go down memory lane. Did your family use paper towels growing up? This may shock you, but yes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I did um, not see that coming. This time I remembered to ask mom of the show, Judy Amster, and she says, said, I think I used Bounty or Brawny until I discovered Viva. She, oh, my God. I'm so glad this came up. She go didn't on. really specify like what, what happened when she discovered Viva. This was like a brief text conversation, and so I didn't, I didn't like get to go deep. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, then she added, we just got a huge pack from QFC, and it is new and not like the one we've used for many years. That's Viva. Oh, and Viva, I you, tell you are on blast. I also bought the new Viva, and it sucks. Really? <laughs> yes, it's supposed to be cloth-like. Guess what? That's not what you want in a paper towel. This is so interesting. Okay, so my family definitely used paper towels when I was growing up. And as I recall, we had one of those dispensers that was inside, like mounted to the inside of a cabinet. 
Okay. Did you have a like a dispenser, like a freestanding dispenser, or one that was like had... under under a cabinet or inside a cabinet? I'm not positive I'm remembering this correctly, but I think we had the under cabinet kind that has like that's like plastic and has then the ends kind of flip out and like lock into the ends of the tube. Guess what, Matthew? I still have that kind. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So the the house that I live in was built in 1958, and as far as I can tell, the kitchen has has not been updated much. So uh, these are some some real old paper towel wall mounted bracket thingies. And I still use them. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. so, yeah, my family growing up, we had a, a wall mounted thing that was inside a cabinet right underneath the sink, the kitchen sink. And I remember when Viva first came out, whatever they did <laughs> oh, with their ad campaigns was super persuasive. Wait a minute. Which one is the quicker picker up? Do you know? Bounty. Okay. Bounty. And that has been their slogan for ages. In fact, I don't know if you saw, but like much further down in the agenda, I linked to a YouTube ad that is for Bounty. And that was their slogan back then. Oh, no, I didn't. Like, it, I didn't watch that. It's very old. But we'll link to it in the show notes, right? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I remember telling my mother about Viva Paper Towels, like this ad that I had seen oh, as a child. yes. And I remember my mom bought some, and I thought they were amazing because they were more like cloth. But <laughs> I remember that my mother didn't like them as much because they weren't, like, they weren't as good for cleaning things. Somehow, like, yeah, I guess that is not what you want in a paper towel. You don't want it to be like cloth, maybe. Okay, so a couple of memory lane things. First of all, speaking of like uh, like unnecessary things, I told my parents one time I warned my dad not to drink and drive because he was drinking water while driving, and I <laughs> did not understand what drinking went. I was probably like six. Did you have as a kid like a thing that your parents were always reminding you to do or not to do that you just will would never get right and just became like an ongoing source of conflict. Like a little thing. I don't remember it that way. I remember things that my mother said over and over, like pieces of advice that I came to sort mm -hmm. of parody. Like my mom would always say when I was old enough to go somewhere by myself, like mm -hmm. in middle school, and she would drop me off at the mall with my friends, for instance. Oh, yeah. She would always say, have presence of mind. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And I would parrot it back to her because I found it so irritating. Uh, my mom would always say you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. <laughs> Really? Wait, for real? Oh, Was all the time. Was she saying that when she dropped you off at the mall? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I would come back <laughs> covered with honey and flies <laughs> and be like, Mom, I took your advice. <laughs> had a great time at the mall. <laughs> no, but so would she use it like if you were being like a little shit? Mm. No, I, I think, yeah, I mean, yes, like, like, it's like, like, here's how to ask for what you want. You know, don't okay. don't whine about it. But the the way this relates back to back to paper towels, I know you were wondering, is that one thing that that uh, my mom was big on. And uh, speaking of conservation, is like if you use a paper towel and just kind of wet it and wipe something with it, and it's not really dirty, leave it by the sink so someone else can use it to wipe the next thing. I would always throw it away and get caught somehow doing this. I I remember this really well, but like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense now that I t now that I tell it back. This is so interesting because yeah, if I see a paper towel on the counter unless I know that I left it there, I kind of don't want to touch it. Agreed. 
We'll we'll get back to this, the idea of reusing paper towels. Yeah, because, I mean, that I, means someone in my family touched it and they have and cooties. Ew, my family. Ugh. Okay, but wait, I, I want to finish my memory lane. Oh, yes, yes, of course. So, yeah, I remember, I think we blew through paper towels when I was growing up. We always had both, like, what we called tea towels or, like, uh, cloth kitchen towels and paper towels, and they had very distinct different uses, which I have continued into adulthood today, and we can say more about that. <laughs> okay. I can't <laughs> okay. wait for that. I was Woo! just making a note of something very important that we left off the agenda, but uh, now I'll remember later to bring it up. So we're both teasing something. Ooh, this is so exciting. Okay, well, hold on. I think that we need to clarify that in this episode, this is so important. Okay. Listeners, okay. tune Tune in. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, tune, like if we're going a little staticky, tune your radio dial so, so that uh, we come through crisp and clear because you're okay. going to want to hear this. All right, so we are focusing on disposable paper towels that are sold in rolls of perforated sheets in this episode. Okay. We're, not, we're not really going to be talking about like the pre-cut, pre-folded stacks of paper towels that you would find in a dispenser. Yeah, although now that you bring those up, I kind of want to talk about them. Wait, but, really? Well, like... I mean, I think we're talking about about paper towels for home kitchen use. Yes. Okay. No, we'll we'll save that for we'll do a like a whole series on industrial products. Great. Oh, <laughs> so, so stay tuned in. for that. Tune in as as we as we've always said. Maybe that should just be our new slogan. Like you know, uh, tune in. You're listening to spilled milk. Tune in. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Okay. All right. But anyway, what I do want to say, though, and I found this interesting, maybe I've been in lockdown for too long, but the the history of paper towels in general began in the bathroom. Oh, I want to hear this. Is it is it time for a history lesson? It's time for a history lesson. All right. So paper towels are actually the younger sibling of toilet paper. So that's in a the, strange way of expressing that. And well, I like it in the in the you know, which came first, the toilet paper or the paper towel? That which is oh, the age-old oh, okay. so question. The toilet paper came first. The toilet paper came first. Yeah. So in 1879, um, the Scott Paper Company of Philadelphia introduced rolled toilet paper to the market. I guess prior to that, what, were people using? I think cloth? pages from the Sears Roebuck catalog. Oh, that seems right. <laughs> cloth, maybe. Or were they using like? Did did we used to use more bidets back in the day? Were people just hosing themselves? Yeah, in, in America in the in the eighteen seventies, people people had bidets. Yes, yeah. yeah like there was the so much. There was American. so much plumbing. <laughs> there was so much plumbing. <laughs> right. Or, or or when you say hosing, do you just mean like a garden hose? Either. Okay. Yes to the garden hose. I don't know. Like, I think probably like someone has written a, like a history of of toilets and or toilet paper that goes deeply into this topic that I'm not sure if I actually want to know more about. Okay. Interestingly enough, or maybe not interestingly, when rolled toilet paper was introduced on the market, it was considered almost like a, a medical product. Like oh, it, interesting. It was, apparently it was sold mostly in like pharmacies. Isn't that interesting? It's kind of weird, right? Yeah. Um, although like, what if, I mean, it's it's hard to imagine like the supremacy of rolled toilet paper ever being dethroned, right. so to speak. But if a new toilet paper 
Like, well, okay, but actually, I, now that I say that, like, it seemed like everybody was using like wet wipes for a while until until we found out we were not supposed to do that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about when it when it comes to the butt department. Anyway, several years later, so that 1879 was when Scott brought rolled toilet paper to the market, and several years later, around like 1907, the paper towel was quote unquote born. The the younger sibling was born. Right. And this was as a result of a mistake in toilet paper production, apparently. I mean, this could be apocryphal, but I found (laughs) it in in multiple places on the internet. And the internet is always right. Anyway, an entire shipment of toilet paper was apparently like made incorrectly. And and it was too thick to be used as toilet paper. Oh, so it came out kind of like cardstock. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the people That's what people used before before rolled toilet paper was like 130 pound cardstock. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes like discarded greeting cards, like okay. Christmas is over. We've got well, like all these Santa cards. I, like, don't I'm, don't give away all my secrets. Uh, like your secrets about like like you you what like, I do with people's greeting cards after oh, the right, holidays right, are over. Oh, I was thinking this was like like an industrial surplus, but you're just, <laughs> you're just wiping your ass with like you know Santa. My friends' like, faces from last month. Yeah, yeah. Like like their their uh, Christmas news family newsletter. Yep, or my my friends like adorable, you know, posed photo session with their children. Right. Yeah, like this is this is what I think of your honor student. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so the people at Scott had to figure out what to do with this giant shipment of too thick toilet paper. So here's where I think this sounds a little far-fetched. <laughs> I'm reading ahead and I agree. Okay. <laughs> Apparently they learned of a school teacher who, in an effort to stop the spread of germs, had given one of her students a torn off piece of toilet paper to blow his nose into rather than letting him touch the whole roll. Okay. <laughs> and so many Sc- questions. And Scott took the idea and ran with it, producing these perforated sheets of this thicker towel and selling them as individual tissues called sani towels, which were intended to be used in public restrooms. Okay. This seems like, I call BS on this. Couple of questions. Yes. First of all, this was 1907. How did they hear about this school teacher, like on YouTube? I found myself wondering the same thing. Like, did somebody send out like a, like a bulletin or was it posted up in the town square? No, no. Like if they'd sent a bulletin to, to Scott, like they would have just like wiped their ass with the bulletin. We know how things go. (laughs) Things went back then. Also, I'm thinking of Scott as just a guy named Scott. There was a guy named Scott. Like his first last name? name was Scott. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of like who's a who's a famous Scott. Scott Bayo. Okay, so like speaking <laughs> speaking of like things things you would like want to use to wipe your ass. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, Matthew. Okay, you know I was about to reference Animal Crossing again, but okay. I pulled myself back from the edge. You know, um, so at Resident Services <laughs> is in oh. Animal Crossing. Yeah, okay. yeah. So there's kind of this like central plaza, and there's Resident Services, which is where Tom Nook, who's like the the chipmunk oh, guy, yeah. who's like the mayor of the island or whatever, uh, where where he is, and where you can go to like buy and sell things. I think his little friend Timmy or Tommy. There. And there's a thing called a nook stop, which I think is like an ATM. June's explained it to me like 18 times. Okay. But anyway, a, I don't a know. nook stop sounds like like a love hotel. It does. Okay. Right. <laughs> I don't know if I told you, but so um, June keeps getting herself massively into debt on Animal Crossing. Oh no, this is a bad sign. <laughs> you should know. you should just like like cut your losses now and get a new kid. 
she keeps adding on rooms to her house in Animal Crossing. <laughs> oh, this and, is... I'll, and I'll be like, but June, like, how much debt did you take on? And she's like, it's only like 20,000 bells. And I'm like, how are you going to pay it off? And she's like, by picking and selling flowers. So she's got it all figured out exactly okay. how economics works. But anyway, what I wanted to say is that once... Ash, so Ash has only played Animal Crossing like once, but the reason that they got on to play it was to try to quickly get June out of debt. You can see the metaphors <laughs> abounding here, okay? Yeah. So one night, Ash, after June went to bed, Ash was like, I'm going to see how, like, if I can figure out how to get her out of debt faster. Like, she's in so much debt. Okay. Anyway, Ash wound up getting totally hooked into Animal Crossing. Of course, that night. this is how they get you. And stayed up until like one in the morning, like collecting <laughs> seashells and flowers and tree branches and selling them at resident services. Anyway, but Ash at one point <laughs> in the middle of the night while shaking trees got stung by a wasp. <laughs> and oh, wait, in and the game in still, the right? Game, okay. In the game. And their face was all swollen. And so they went to the town square, like outside of resident services, and posted a sign on the bulletin board saying, like, does anybody have any medicine for wasp stings? Like, I got stung. And anyway, so I just wonder if this school teacher, bringing it back to Scott, I just wonder if this school teacher, like after she had figured out germ theory went and posted it on the bulletin board outside the real-life equivalent of resident services. And then Scott saw it and was like, germ theory, ding, ding, ding. I'm going to make Sandy towels. But my next question is... Do you like how I brought that all the way back? I did. That was really impressive. But, like, you never never mentioned, like, (laughs) whether Ash made a dent on the accumulated debt. Yeah. June has now paid off her debt many times over and is now adding, I think... uh, I think that she's currently decorating the third room on her house. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Why isn't this the origin story of Kleenex? Because That's what I was okay. thinking. Like, what the hell? This has nothing to do with paper towels. Because paper towels are not good for blowing your nose. Like, no. they're better than nothing, but... This is very weird. I mean, I wonder if I stopped my research too soon. And if I should have kept going, like maybe I read the only two websites on the Internet that tell this story and all the rest of them link this to Kleenex. No, I yeah, I think well, I think we're going to hear from from some some people named Scott. Okay, with some more details. Okay, but anyway, so you know, the early paper towels were those like pre-cut folded sheets. okay? Okay, and Scott had a competitor. I love the name of this. It, it was a brand called Nibrock, which oh. was Corbin spelled backwards. I was just I was just going to ask if it was founded by Corbin Burnson. Um, <laughs> no, but it was founded by someone else whose name was Corbin. And it, so it really was because yes, it was Corbin, Corbin spelled back. Oh, that's great. Nibrock. Yeah. And I don't know what happened to them. But uh, anyway, then over time, like much later uh, in 1931, Scott brought out rolls of paper towels, and those were marketed as kitchen towels. And that changed everything. That changed everything. Yeah. 
but I, I think that, you know, as we've all experienced, paper towels come in in like sort of two different classes. There's like domestic use and institutional use. Institutional being like what we encounter in like the bathroom at the movie theater. Right. That uh, the, that you pull and, and like the next one comes out. Yeah. And, and that are very papery. Yeah. I mean, I, the the quality of, a, of like uh, absorbency is very different from like a, a home use paper towel. No. During when when paper towels were in really short supply a few months ago, um, I was looking at like, should I buy institutional paper towels? And I was like, no, that's no. just going to make me sad. No, it does not do the same thing. You know, I, it was interesting. Well, I, I think I'm using the word interesting too, <laughs> too, too much. But um, paper towels soak up water precisely because they're loosely woven. Yeah. So this enables water to travel between the fibers, even against gravity, which is the, the capillary effect. I wonder if that's why, if this is related to why, like, I feel like um, my favorite paper towels have, have kind of a, a, like, stiff texture, sort of the you, opposite of a Kleenex, like, like cardstock. No, like, that, that <laughs> like, you know, that they wouldn't, like, you know, crumple well because, because they're not very soft, but that somehow seems to make them, like, more durable and absorbent, up to a point. That's interesting because, oh, God, again, I'm really thrown around interesting. I think of, you know, toilet paper, for instance, very soft, able to be crumpled easily. Is it, like, more tightly woven somehow? Or is it just a different class of paper fiber, Yeah, maybe? or maybe, like, smaller fibers, I don't yeah. know, like, which I guess would also make more tightly woven. We we you talked know, we about should have had Scott on this show. We should have gotten Scott on this show. The the uh, immortal entity that founded and still runs Scott Paper Products. Yes. Anyway, I I think that uh, people might also want to know, or maybe it's kind not. Of, kind of one of those Cthulhu monsters, but but very nice. Like Wait, don't Cthulhu, don't judge Cthulhu. him based, based on his appearance. How do you spell that? Is that one of those words I've always looked at and not exactly known how to pronounce? Probably. I think it's C T H U L U with possibly another H in there somewhere. Yes. C T H U L H U maybe. Okay. I'm so glad to know how to pronounce that. I think it's Cthulhu. Oh, great. Okay. Americans use more paper towels at home than any other country. There that doesn't are, surprise uh, me. Does not surprise me either. We like are on a, a per real, capita basis? Yes. Yeah. We are a real like disposable kind of culture. Do you, did, you, did you learn like how many rolls per person per year? Uh, yeah, but I didn't write it down. Okay, cool. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got, you can borrow appliances. Like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. <laughs> uh huh. So, like, you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink. You can bring your pet. Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have, like, a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So, like, a whole closet system where I can really, like, unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then, and this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Dunkin' Cold Coffee can be brewed at home in your Keurig coffee maker with Dunkin' Cold K-Cup Pods. 
Just brew it hot over ice and enjoy flavor that's crafted to serve cold. The home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Matthew, can you, I know you did a little bit of research into why there is an ongoing paper towel shortage. Okay, this is, to use a word that's been thrown around a lot lately, (laughs) so interesting. Okay, so we're going to link to this article from the Wall Street Journal. And I feel like, you know, the, the Wall Street Journal like sucks for a lot of reasons. But like this is the kind of thing that they were born to do is like a long article about the economics of paper towel supply chain. OK. And and I could not put this down. So there are a couple things going on, like why it's still like a little tough to get paper towels. Partly it's because people shifted from using uh, more institutional paper towels to more home paper towels because the, we weren't going to restaurants and offices as much. And those are produced in on using different machines in different ways. And you can't just switch a factory from one to the other. Okay, But also there's more to it than that. A small increase in the demand for paper products will always cause a shortage because inventory is low. And that's kind of true, been like a lo- an ongoing trend across manufacturing. Like we like manufacturers do not keep like warehouses of inventory around anymore because it costs money to do that. And it's especially expensive and inefficient to store paper products because they're bulky and cheap. So like if you if you have a warehouse full of paper towels, you are just bleeding money money, right? And on top of that, so then why not just like increase production? Well, it takes years to build a new paper towel making machine. Okay. And so there was like a little bit of idled production capacity that that manufacturers could call on. But basically, like, unless they were going to really jack up the price of paper towels, which has its own problems, you're going to be stuck with like a limited supply of paper towels for a while. Is the same thing true for toilet paper? Is that why I think the same thing is true for toilet paper? paper. Although like with with any of these things like um you know when when they were talking about like you know stop hoarding toilet paper like like the truth was like if everybody gets a little bit of extra toilet paper when they go to the store that will cause a shortage of toilet paper. It doesn't have to be like, you know, one one bad dude buying 7,000 rolls of toilet paper. Okay, it's a very like sen- it's very sensitive to fluctuations because yes. of all of these issues. Yep. Okay. You know, I want to talk a little bit about like how you use paper towels now as opposed to when you were a kid, if if there's a brand you prefer. But it's interesting because I see that uh, I'm looking at the agenda. Mm -hmm. You do have a brand you prefer, but I I can't even remember the last time I had a choice of brands. Oh, yeah. No, we happen to have a little of this brand on hand right now, but I've become pretty flexible. Basically, anything but the Viva cloth-like ones seems seems okay to me. Yeah, I'm always looking for the one that is cheap and gives me the most at yeah, this and point. I think store brand paper towels are fine. I agree. I agree. They have a different texture that I don't love compared to one of the like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, name brand ones. But uh, uh, anyway, let's get down to it. Okay. Do you think we're going to get the Viva ad contract, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I just, uh, I had to uh, decline a call from them right right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, are, they love this episode and can't wait to throw money oh, they're at it. Oh, li- they're listening to the episode in real time? Oh, they, they <laughs> yes, tuned in. They tuned in. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, can we agree that, you know, the choose a size where you can tear off a half sheet is inherently better than you than the you have to tear off a whole sheet size. And by whole sheet, we mean like a, a like a square, a square. That's, yeah, it's roughly like what, maybe 10 by 10 or 12 by 12 or something. Yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Oh, I agree. I have to say, I don't think I've ever bought paper towels based on like the 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 any writing on the package about how they're perforated or what size sheets. Oh, I do. I have not done that, but it's been a very long time since I bought paper towels that were not perforated at the half sheet. Yeah, I think that's become more common than the alternative, which is good. But also, we need to talk about that. That uh, uh, this is the thing that I added to the agenda just a few minutes ago. What size? of roll do you like? Because you go to the paper towel section and assuming there's more than one to choose from, it's going to be, you know, like two rolls equals five rolls or like one roll equals eight rolls. Like, (laughs) what are you going for there? Like, and there've been all kinds of like memes about, about paper towel math is hard and stuff. But like, I like a big roll personally. I like a big roll too, because, well, for one thing, maybe this is the same for you. I know that, that you guys have a, like a storage locker or something like in your apartment building that's like down a few floors some people may have those but we don't we used to in our old building 15 years ago oh gosh so i guess when you say storage room you mean that your your second bathroom our secret storage bathroom. bathroom yes okay our house is uh you enter on the second floor and our utility room is downstairs and we have like a a shelf on the wall in the utility room where we keep all the extra stuff that you know, you can't fit like under the sink in the bathroom or whatever. So when we run out of paper towels, I have to go down a whole flight of stairs to oh, get yeah, I see. another roll. So, yeah, I don't think I once again, I don't think this factors into which one, which brand or which particular product I buy, but it factors into my satisfaction once I have it hanging from the holder in my kitchen. And yes, I like a fatter roll. Right. Yeah. No, I feel like if I if I get the skinnier rolls like and I put it on the paper towel rack, like I feel like right away like, oh, I'm almost out of paper towels. Yes. Yes. And that's a I, that's a bad feeling. But I I find that um the, the what you're referring to as the skinnier rolls or the rolls that just don't have as many sheets, I think it tends to be more like eco-friendly brands or yeah, uh, like possible. sort of like natural brands because if okay. you're buying like Bounty or Brawny it's like bigger is better uh, America first kind of vibe. Yeah, for sure. I have been into lately. So so you know, the big innovation in paper towels in the last few years obviously has been the select a size, you know, double the perforations. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some some genius at Brawny was like, okay, what if we doubled the perforations again? But put one down, like like down perpendicular to the to the roll. This is so smart. So you can tear off a square that's a quarter of the size of the big square, and like that's often the perfect size for like one gross thing that's on your counter that you don't want to touch. Yes. Well, I frequently will tear off, you know, the, the half sheet perforation. I'll, I'll tear off a half sheet at the perforation, and then tear it roughly in half to use it, for instance, to um, maybe wipe the outside of the compost bin or like a little task like that if like I've dripped coffee on the counter or yeah that's so smart I didn't know that there was a brand that was actually perforating yep brawny terraceware if you see it grab it okay so what do you use paper towels for these days? Okay, so I use paper towels. Wait, wait, yeah. I want to clarify that I know that you, like me, also keep like cloth towels in the kitchen. 
I so, do. Can you so, distinguish? We've been using cloth napkins a lot more recently, but like I still will usually reach for a paper towel over a cloth towel because like dealing with the with the fallout of of wiping something up with a cloth towel that's like actually messy, I don't want to I don't want to see that again. Yeah. Um and yeah. so if it's something gross that that I want to just make go away, I will reach for a paper towel. For like uh, wiping wiping crumbs, you know, like a little bit of crumbs off the table, like cloth towel is fine, although it can probably get away with that with a single brawny square. And for like like cleaning kitchen counters, I'll usually use like a scrubber sponge. Yes. Um, so it's it's basically when there's when there's something that I want to like wipe off or wipe out that feels gross. What about drying your hands after you wash them? I use a cloth towel for that. Okay. I th- I think we're very similar in this that's, respect. That's really funny that you that you said that though because like I I feel like I am a profligate user of paper towels and uh and that's just like where I'm at. But when you said that like, you know, like drying my hands on a paper towel at home after washing my hands, that feels very wasteful. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> like that's where the line is for me apparently and I never thought about it before. <laughs> Well, it makes sense, though, if you think about the fact that the cloth towel is going to be used probably by all the members of your household. So if you all have this sort of like silent agreement, if you all got together and shook hands, that you were only going to use it to dry hands or do like non-messy tasks, you are probably doing the more like hygienic thing, right? And this is like what paper towels were designed for in theory. Yeah. To do the work where you don't want to be coming into contact with other people's germs or whatever. Yeah. No, we did have a, a a silent agreement like that. We um, <laughs> we dimmed the lights. We all sat around like a, like a perfect uh, stack of microfiber towels, like in the middle of the circle, and we all uh, held hands and uh, you know said said a, an incantation to summon um, uh, Scott, yes. the, the Cthulhu like <laughs> founder of Scott Paper Products. Great. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit now, please. So, so <laughs> oh yeah. man, I just had so much phlegm in my mouth when I said that. Okay. So I have tried to go without paper towels. Sometimes when we run out of paper towels, especially lately when, you know, we're kind of dealing with like a shortage of paper towels. When we've run out, I've been like, okay, this is it. Can I make it? Like, let's see if we can make it a couple days without paper towels. But then I do, like you, I start noticing all the gross things that I don't actually want to see on my cloth towel or have in my washing machine. Right. And I go out and I buy paper towels again. So so anyway, I use them for if I'm cleaning the stovetop, for instance, I think I alternate equally between using a scrubber sponge, a paper towel and some like cleaning spray. Or sometimes do you ever do this when you have a kitchen towel that is like just about ready to go in the laundry? Maybe it's, you know, you've been using it for you know a few days or a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. I will sometimes use that then um, with like a cleaning spray to clean my counters before I put it in the laundry. I have done this also. Yeah. 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 Okay. Speaking of laundry, can I can I say something about laundry that's almost on topic? Um, Recently, like for for quite a while, we were using um, like unscented laundry tablets, and recently, wife of the show Lori, I think, got some uh, like Arm and Hammer, you know, baking soda, fresh scent. Uh, yeah, laundry tablets yeah, yeah, and like yeah. the laundry came out like oh my god like I forgot how nice it is when your laundry comes out and like it smells like you know chemical clean smell it's yeah. great I've been noticing this a lot wearing like um, you know cloth face masks mm-hmm. if your face mask smells like fresh laundry that 
is the best that is yes. possibly the only nice thing about being the wearer of a face mask. I had a hair in my throat and I just got it out and I feel so good now. I'm so happy for you. So, okay, hold on, Matthew. Wait, I want to say an important thing yes. about paper towels mm-hmm. and what I use them for. Uh, you know, I know that you and I both get CSA shares, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so, well, for one thing, it takes forever to like properly unpack and put away a CSA share so that uh, not the way we do it. <laughs> do you just like throw it in your fridge? Huh? Really? Oh my yeah. god. It takes me like half an hour like washing all the lettuces, cutting the tops off the carrots, putting the tops in a different bag cuz we feed them to the guinea pigs like <laughs> uh, we don't have guinea pigs, so the whole yeah. thing is, is a lot it's easier. much easier. Okay. But what I wanted to say is that, especially like in the month of July, when we were getting a lot of lettuces and other types of greens in our CSA, and I was going through many rounds of washing greens when I would bring the CSA home, what I would do is I would wash them in a salad spinner, dry sure. them as, as well as they could be dried in the salad spinner, and then lay a clean kitchen towel out on the counter, like lay the, the greens over the kitchen towel in a single layer, roll it up and put that in a plastic bag, okay. uh, like saving plastic bags from, from the produce section for this purpose. But what I found over doing that with so many CSA greens this summer is that I think when I store my washed lettuces and greens in a cloth towel, even if the cloth towel was dry to start with and the greens were as dry as they could be, they tend to get soft faster than if I lay them out on paper towels and roll them up and store them in paper towels. I don't don't have a theory, but I believe you. I I wonder if there's just something about the paper towels that, because paper towels dry really fast, right? So if the paper towels... Maybe they wick moisture, like some some technical shorts I bought recently on sale. Yes. Well, I think they probably wick moisture and then the paper towels themselves dry better than the cloth towels. I think so. Like what I've been doing is like I take the lettuce out of my CSA box and I like nestle it into a pair of technical shorts and then put that in the crisper drawer and it works great. It looks great too. I was imagining it. Have you seen Call Me By Your Name? I have not. Oh, bummer. Okay, well, I was, I was going to reference a scene in but it. But many of but... our listeners have, so go ahead. Oh, well, like when Elio... When Elio goes into Oliver's room and takes his shorts and puts them over his head and, like, basically just breathes in the air from Oliver's shorts. <laughs> like, it just sort of reminded me, like, you know, of nestling a head of lettuce. Yes. Into yeah, it's just like shorts. that. Only, only if the head is a lettuce. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> only if technic- the head of lettuce has a nose. <laughs> Saying technical shorts over and over doesn't make it sound any more like a real thing, does it? No, no. Okay. But what I what I also want to say is that I try to make myself feel slightly better about the, the, the amount of paper towels that I'm using to roll up my washed lettuce by reusing the paper towels after I'm done eating the lettuce that was stored in them. Because yeah, you wrote, do you ever dry out used paper towels and reuse them? I mean, if they were only wet with water, for instance, and I do not do this. I, I do. When I um, am finished eating the head of lettuce I stored in paper towels, those are perfectly good paper towels and absolutely I use them again. Do you dry them on like one of those pasta drying racks that like <laughs> rotates out and has a bunch of arms? I don't, but I have definitely heard of 
like friends of mine or I think I remember my grandmother telling stories or not not my grandmother, my mother telling stories Mm -hmm. about my grandfather drying out paper towels to reuse them. Oh, yeah. This this definitely sounds like, you know, back in back in the Depression, we would uh, reuse our paper towels 50 times. You know, they didn't have rolled paper towels during. That's the, right. Uh, well, no, most, the, it well, says, part of the Depression, 1931. Right. I mean, that that was the Depression. OK. Like most of the 30s. Right. So yes, uh, that's true. So really, like like it was right on time. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. So they brought them out to the market and people immediately started reusing their disposable paper. towels. Exactly. <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, and then Matthew, hold on. I feel like we also need to talk about then what we do with paper towels because I don't ever throw them in the garbage. Oh, no, I compost them. Yeah, we have municipal composting here in Seattle, but it's my understanding that that they can also go in like backyard compost. I don't know one way or the other, but I I will take your word for it. I don't either. I don't either. So I take it all back. I have never backyard composted because we don't have a backyard or a front yard. But Mm -hmm. um, I mean, like, I know, like, should you put them in your worm bin? I'm not sure. I don't know either. I kind of want to have a worm bin. It sounds pretty cool. You know, I think so. The woman who owned our house before we did was like, I don't know if she was technically a master gardener. She wore technical shorts, (laughs) Um, but I don't know if she was technically a master gardener, but she did amazing things in the yard here, which we have not not been able to maintain. But I think that there's I think that what she left outside our back door is a worm bin. Okay, but it is totally it is basically like a small coffin sized wooden box Uh with a lid that you can lift off and it has no bottom. Oh, kind of kind of like the modification I made to my technical shorts. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, maybe some listeners can weigh in and tell me what this box is in my backyard. Maybe I can post a picture of it. No, I think I want Um, them to tell you based just on the description that it's like a small (laughs) coffin with no bottom. (laughs) Anyway, it's also, I should specify that when we moved into the house to this day, it is sitting on like concrete right outside our back door. Mm -hmm. And it's empty. It's been empty since we moved in. No tiny dead you know you can get rid of things i know i know and we did uh we've gotten rid of a lot of things but i have occasionally looked at this and said it's a worm bin and i'm gonna use it okay yeah but i'm not sure i'm not sure because we have municipal composting and so well i mean just the the just because you haven't used it in like the last nine years or whatever doesn't mean you won't start using it now it, <laughs> shut listeners up, it definitely does mean that <laughs> shut up matthew <laughs> You know, I think after this, so I, you know, listeners, I record these episodes in my closet Mm -hmm. and I I think it's time for me to Marie Kondo some stuff. Actually, I think I'm going to do that when we get off the episode today. You're going to get rid of the worm bin or just some stuff in the closet? (laughs) Just some stuff in my closet. Take some stuff in your closet, put it into the worm bin and see what happens. Okay, great. Okay. I think that we're just about done with this episode. Worms are going to eat the bottom out of your technical shorts. (laughs) I think we're a hundred percent done with this episode. Great! All right, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast dot com, where uh, we are now posting transcripts of the show. So, starting last week or two weeks ago, I think you can now get a a full transcript of all the things we said. <laughs> 
uh, it's so it's regrettable. It's got the word interesting in it a hundred times. It's so uh, regrettable, but also I'm so glad that we're doing this. So yeah, so so regrettable, but so accessible. And uh, you can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash Spilled Milk Podcast, where we want to we know what is your preferred paper towel format? What size of roll? What arrangement of perforations? What's a worm bin? Um, do you think I have a worm do bin? Do you think Molly has a worm bin? If not, what do you think it is? Um, <laughs> I mean, what if what if it was like a pet coffin? What if what if your yard, what if there's a pet cemetery situation going on at your house? And like one night, I don't know what happens in pet cemetery, but it's not good, I'm sure. I read the book back when I was like in middle school and um, I enjoyed it. I mean, but I have to say, Matthew, I console myself with the thought a lot that I've lived in this house for nine years. And so far, nothing has come to haunt me in it. That is a really good point. So, so yeah, so far, so good. Like when Ash gets really freaked out, after we watch um, Pet Cemetery, oh, wait, no. Have you been watching uh, Lovecraft Country? No. Okay. Well, for instance, I bet that's got a lot of Cthulhu's. After we watch Lovecraft Country, and then for the next like twelve hours, Ash is afraid of the dark. I always remind them, "Hey, I've lived in this house for a long time, and nothing's haunted me here." So, and I bet they're like, "Yeah, yet." Yeah, that is exactly what they're like. <laughs> um, I mean, it's it's a known fact that that uh, watching a scary show attracts. Ghosts, Cthulhu's, and uh, and undead pets. But as a kid, did you ever think about this? Like that, if you say I don't believe in ghosts, that it like triggers a ghost to come and prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think I definitely had that thought. Yeah, um, it's, it, it, was, it's how things work. Yeah, we talked about this before, probably in the childhood fears episode. But we, I lived in a very creaky house growing up, and like every time it creaked at night, I was like, oh, this is like a murderer coming up the stairs. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because it, it could happen at any time because the murder want to prove you wrong yes exactly when, when you just when you don't think they're there yeah right right like yeah if your parents are like you know don't worry that'll never happen like you know right outside the house a murderer is listening <laughs> with some sort of ear trumpet and like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> as a as your neighborhood murderer there's nothing i like more than proving people wrong <laughs> This is like an old timey, like carny murderer, I guess. Anyway, I thought I thought this episode was over. I love that you said ear trumpet. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk, available on all your favorite podcasting plat- platforms like <laughs> iTunes, Stitcher, and Ear Trumpet. <laughs> Okay. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Oh, yeah, that's true. And um, and we really want you to to jump onto Facebook and, and answer all our questions that we raised during this episode. I we don't really remember what any of that. them were. <laughs> Please. <laughs> See you next Please. time. Oh, okay. I'm Matthew oh, wait. Burton. Wait a minute. We didn't do the closing joke. We did. It was the ear trumpet thing. Oh. Okay. I'm Molly Weisenberg. Wait a minute. Did you do I'm Matthew Amster Burton? <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. I love that band, The Dirty Pillowcases. Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be.